Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we smash apart the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in one-minute chunks so we can analyze them in scrupulous detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Road to Infinity podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco, and Kyle, my favorite cooking show of all time. Yes. In the world of cooking shows. Okay. Not Hell's Kitchen. No? no, no Good Eats. Good Eats. Oh, I loved Good Eats. Right. We watched all of those when those originally aired. Alton Brown, yep. amazing creativity. Alton yep. Brown, if you don't know him, he's and he's... He, yes, he's I think Good Eats is back now. He's, he's, he's doing a revival of Good Eats. Yep. He's been a host on multiple Food Network mm-hmm. shows. But one of the great things about his history is, is that he was a filmmaker. He, mm, he yeah. really was a budding cinematographer, director, yeah. wanted to do all this stuff. So he took all of his creative ideas and put them into the show. It's like almost a... Pee-wee's Playhouse of cooking shows. Yes! Because multiple characters, and they recur, and he's teaching you something at the same time as right. like just doing a, like, uh, showing you a recipe. He's teaching you the science behind it, too. So a little Bill Nye the Science Guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a great, great show. So one of the things I find is interesting about his history is, is that he talks about, there was an interview he did, you can find it on Reddit and a few other places. He was talking about the different camera techniques that they would use on the show. Mm-hmm. First couple of seasons, his uh, cameraman who specialized in Steadicam left oh. to go work on feature films. Huh? So when that happened, they were they had a, a, a gaping hole in the technical expertise of production, so they stopped using Steadicams. And if you notice, he and he talks about this, he went to using rails oh, um, yeah. and sliders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that they would do is, is that not only would they use these rails and sliders, basically something like uh, that you'd put a camera on that would just let you slide on a single plane. Yeah, if you see any behind-the-scenes stuff of movies, it's where it looks like train tracks. Right, like exactly. The, the camera rolls along on a little right. special car. Or or even the sliders where it's on a just a, a little sort of attachment, mm-hmm. a mount, yeah. and it's just giving you a little, maybe a few feet of movement. Yeah, nice but, and smooth and not have to worry about that shaky cam thing. Exactly. Now, the cool thing he would do is they would start to do creative elements to put things in front of the camera uh, while it was sliding like a mirror or magnifying glass. Yeah. And his whole idea was, was that how can you put more creative output into a single shot? Yeah. So really cool stuff. Why do I bring this up? Yes, because bring this up? there is a moment in <laughs> Minute 51 where one of his old school techniques of putting the camera, making a, we've talked about this before, taking mm-hmm. a refrigerator, cutting off the back, right. and getting that inside shot. There which, is a which, shot. Which was in this movie. Yes. Yeah. And, and we, we talked about this in yeah. an earlier minute with the Stan Lee's mm-hmm. cameo. But there is a shot in this minute mm. that screams this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we'll talk about it. Okay. All right. So we're here to talk about minute 51 of 2008's Incredible Hulk movie directed by Louis Leterrier. Uh, and we, we pick up where we left off, which is... Betty is looking for something. So she's on the battlefield. All the soldiers are converging on Bruce's last location. And she's just sort of standing there looking around, trying to look. We don't know exactly what she's looking for. And then she spots the V-150S and goes, ah, that's it. She's looking for the command vehicle. Right. She's a military brat, so she knows the thing. So she knows that's where the guy who's leading this charge is going to be. Uh, so she she makes a, a beeline for it, um, and we get we get a good establishing shot. Yep, showing the placement of what is going to be a major set piece. Yes, and that's that's all CG there. Oh yes, yeah, because like they're like she is in the park. Bruce is at the University of Toronto, uh, so like the two of them are, and so in this shot you see how they're stitched together. Correct. Because like the actual shot of, of like the the big shot you see over her shoulder is just park. They've added they've added in all of the elements from the other location onto there to to give us a sense of geography, which I appreciate. Exactly. No, I think that's good. Yeah. You see in the distance, then you see sort of this old sort of cathedral looking uh, mm-hmm. gothic um, structure. 
but you can kind of see there's a there's some sort of connecting area yep. between the two structures. Yep. That'll now, be very important later. This will be something one of my little digs to this sequence is. <laughs> and you just said it. Yeah. It's clearly CG. <laughs> there is an yeah. element of these of this of what we're coming up to which is this big fight. Yes. Yeah, the CG is pretty heavy on this. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when you're dealing with a, a, a ten foot tall green rage monster, yeah. <laughs> you're, there's going to be a certain element of CG. But yeah, but, but yeah, here, I think it's the best that 2008 could do. No, absolutely. But but I think one of the things that is interesting about all these shots when you see these these deep shots of foreground people looking at this major element. Yeah. There's no depth of field. Everything's uh, crystal clear focus yes. because you want to show that. And we're going to talk about that in this minute and yeah. in the next few minutes. Yeah, because the next, uh, I think, five minutes are, or even maybe up to ten, uh, are all in this same location. Exactly. Uh, just different elements of it. Uh, so then uh, we see she spots the, you know, he makes a beeline for it. Meanwhile, Bruce has just finished swallowing something really uncomfortable. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're hoping it's uh, past the esophagus and now uh, moved in there. But uh, as he's uh, getting up, then to run off, then uh, there's the, there's a nice shot like uh, at his foot level uh, as you see the soldier pop up and see him running. It's a great shot and there's wonderful and there's, shot. Yeah, and there's and this is the exact uh, sort of reverse of what you're talking about because all the action in the front is blurred right. because he wants to have that nice clear focus on the soldier as he spots. Bruce running away. This would be shallow, shallow depth of field. Yep. Because the whole back is focused. Now, as I just said that, then this shot uh-huh. is perfection. Yeah. Because you get to see it all. You you can totally see how once again, our hero Bruce Banner has enormously bad timing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when it comes, <laughs> at least to... he didn't make eye contact with it. No, thing. there's no but, eye contact. No. But still, <laughs> yeah, he almost escaped. Yeah. The view of the soldier, but no, just not quite. And but, that's a great shot. Okay, great, so great at this composed. point. Bruce knows the bad thing. Like we, we talked about a little in, in, in the previous minute. Do you think he thinks the Hulk is coming? Like, do you, like he obviously swallowed the thing so he couldn't get out of it. Do, do you do that in anticipation of being captured and not having to give it up? Or do you do it because he knows the other guy is about to show up? Like, what do you think? Where do you think Bruce's head is at at this point? I think right now, no, I think he, because of what he's just experienced over the last few days. Yeah. Is that I think he he actually feels like he's got some control or a little bit better control because he's reunited with his former love. Yeah, he's had a he's had a couple good nights sleep. Mm-hmm. Right, he's been able to be in a fairly safe place. Right, and it's not a group of toughs. Yes, you know this is right. Like, like, the, like he's, the he doesn't US feel military like here. every second is life or death. Yeah, I actually think he feels somewhat in control. Okay. Which is foreshadowing yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, because yeah. then, yeah, something's going to make him delay. So we go back to Betty, uh, and Betty uh, sees the vehicle and, and stands in front of it and basically screams at it to stop. They cut to a shot inside, and okay, <laughs> there's a little movie magic going on here. Oh, so, no, this is what I mean. This is what I was talking inside. about. Yeah, they go inside, and clearly, like, this, this, uh, this V-150 is clearly like the TARDIS because <laughs> it is... Vastly huge inside. It's like okay, this is what I mean. You know, really inside this command vehicle, their knees would be touching. They would be hunched up. I mean, there's there's no room for all of this stuff in there. Like plus the fact that just for the logistics of it, you have at least three actors, camera crew, sound right, crew, right, lighting, right. I mean, all stuff. Like so, so it cuts to the interior of the vehicle, and that's clearly a set. Right. That they're on, uh, and so it, it goes back and forth because even when they they go to the end, as she as she finally screams out, "Dad!" And the thing opens up, and you can see 
William Hurt hunched over inside the thing as he steps out. Like, there's no way. There's, like, two fully ro- rotating chairs and a command set. Yeah, no. This is the whole moment that I referred to in the, in the open, right? Okay. Well, one, you have... Okay, so interesting character development of Betty. Yes. Stop. Yeah, she's getting involved. Like, she's not going to, like, let this chase happen. She's going to try to be the one to stop it. And how does she... And what does she say first? General? Yeah. She she refer, She knows he's in there. Yeah. General, stop. And then she reverts to dad. Dad, right. So in just this moment, you've created this understanding, their fragmentation of their, they're estranged. Yeah. Their relationship is fragmented. She's not even seeing, she's not even addressing him first as dad. No, right? no. She starts off with the title. Yeah. Which is obviously, it again, tells you a lot about this. And then you have this great look uh-huh. that Ross gets from, from Major Spar. Major yeah. Spar, yeah. where she's like, Dude, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> just like this very military polite, sir, sir. I mean, <laughs> like you know, we can't. Yeah, oh, are we yeah. gonna run over your own child? Yeah, we're uh, not gonna, sir. What do you want to do here? <laughs> and then, so this gets into my part about interesting camera movement. So yeah. one, yes, you clearly have a space that is bigger than it's supposed yes. to be. But what I was jarring to me about this is here you see this whole shot, and mm-hmm. then when he pops open the door, you realize uh-huh. well the that can't, how could that be yeah. from what we saw? Like, you rarely <laughs> right. see this in a movie. Yeah. The, the latest movie I have seen that does this is 1917. Mm, okay. The camera's in places where once you realize in the scene where the camera is, you go, well, that can't be. <laughs> right? And I have to say, it actually, it jarred me out of this scene. Yeah. It, it, it kind of jarred me out of the moment because I went, well, that's not possible. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> That's how did they do that? Yeah. And and I don't you know, I mean, I guess it's good because you're right. It does yeah. show you placement. It shows you placement of him. He's in the right. back of the of the vehicle. Yeah, and it's an, it's a powerful shot too because it's like it's I mean, in terms of establishing his power because it's from below. So Absolutely. he steps out like a giant. Yes. Yeah. No, it it's well, and also the juxtaposition of dad yeah. and this image is not a father figure. Right. Right. So you're you're the story you, is being told. You could have done the almost the Star Wars version of this, where she walks around the back of it, and we had a shot of her, and then you shot of the because we see that the the link comes down. Oh. So you could have had the ramp coming down, and it opens up, and there he like expands outwards, like General Ross is here, you know, <laughs> right out of the shuttle in the hangar. Yeah, bay. exactly. <laughs> like like Vader, you know, coming down, you know, just tsh, we have some smoke. Add but then, if this was the if this was the the Monty Python version she would be standing too close she'd get hit in the head <laughs> with the door and right. then yeah. like, <laughs> no but it's so anyway this yeah. this did this is one of those moments where i just went mm, like because yeah. it did it, it got me out of the moment and right. and i you know and i yes, understand and, and she i mean but and i say live tyler uh, you know, Betty goes for it. Like oh, she, yeah. I mean, she, it's not like dad, I know you're in there. I mean, like she's angry. Right. So, which is going to be a recurring thing right. <laughs> uh, a, 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 uh, through the rest of this scene. Well, and, uh, and how cold is this? Yeah. So she it cuts right, right from when the door plops open, he yep. steps out. It cuts to this shot from behind her, kind of like a little back behind over her right shoulder. Yep. She's clearly running to her father. Yeah. And he ain't even looking her direction. Nope. Doesn't even make eye contact. I mean, like he's just like focused on the mission. That is cold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I yeah. get it. They get the story, but yeah. right. 
Uh, so then yeah, immediately just grabs her and, and pulls her away. Now, before we, we get into sort of the, the action we get, uh, we're going to get into, I, I had a really hard time finding who any of these guys are, the extra soldiers, because in IMDb, there are two problems. One, all credited as soldier. Soldier. And two... If they're a stunt person, which a lot of these guys are, or they only didn't have a lot of experience, there's no pictures. Oh, so, so you can't even place. You can't right. Even so I have match, no. Right. So it, through the rest of this 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 action scene, which is going to last like another ten minutes or so, um, I don't know who most of these guys are, and I, I dug in. So, but there is one exception, uh, and it's a very very important section because I would almost say this is a cameo more than that. There is one soldier who is in in the one of the clips we have here. Like you can see, he's between the two of them. But basically, every time you see Ross and a group of soldiers, he's always over Ross's left shoulder because he's a professional. He knows how to find the camera. And every and every shot they're together, he always finds the camera. And because his name is Terry Notary, and he's the Hulk. Wait, what? He's he is a he is a, a stunt performer, a motion capture. If there's a if there's a number one guy in motion capture, it's Andy Circus. If there's number two, it's Terry Notary. What? Terry Notary is one of the most physical performers out there. He's the one who taught elves how to walk. He taught hobbits how to walk. He taught dwarves how to walk. He taught. Apes, oh, how to walk, this and digging awesome. up to now, he plays the dog in Call of the Wild. What? Yes. Oh, Terry Notary. So he and so in this movie, he is credited as a as a stunt performer, but he has a cameo here essentially as this soldier, and he's going to be with us for the next couple minutes. I'll point him out. Oh, and, he gets a lot of FaceTime. Yeah, he gets a lot of FaceTime. Well, and, and, uh, and, and, but he played the Hulk when they did motion capture. He was the Hulk. Oh, for so, this movie. For, for this movie. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's like he just, he he did all the mocap stuff. So he was in there lifting plastic toys around and flipping around. And, now and I'm doing surprised stuff. to hear that because one, I would thought it would have been Ed Norton. Right, because that but would it wasn't. make sense, right? Yeah, but it's but it's also too bad. And again, you know, in the, in I'll the get I'll get into a little bit of why it wasn't there oh, right, in the okay. next minute when when our, our big green friend actually shows, shows up. Yeah, but I do really like that uh, you you mentioned this yeah. because a lot of these guys we've talked about this already so many times in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of great extras that get significant yeah. quality FaceTime right. on the on the screen. Yeah, and I would love to single them out and say who yes. they are, but I cannot find who they are. And it could be just from the time that 2008, like you know, they weren't as as good at keeping records or whatever. But mostly, I mean, I really blame IMDb because it knows the names of them and it knows their credits and still has no pictures of them on there. So if you know, if, if you are listening to this or know somebody who was an extra, in, uh, would love to was be a able soldier. To <laughs> yes, I'd love to be able to say, like, in minute 54... <laughs> This is, this is so the guy right. who shot the Hulk in the face, you know, whatever it is. Right, I mean, like, right, right. I think is I, I say I, I feel like I've, I failed in our research. I find all these interesting things in that, like, the one thing I search for, and I cannot find the difference between them. Come on. Because there's, there's not only this group of soldiers, but later in the film, spoiler alert, there's another group of soldiers. And oh, so right. those, the, so they all get mixed together. Right. So they don't, the IMDb is really bad about saying right. this group, like, city soldier versus right. university soldier and, and that, so... Well, and we'll we'll talk about this I, certainly I over the next audience. few minutes. I'm sorry. Yes, no, no, no. We'll we'll get there. <laughs> but anyways, so Terry Notary is 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 a notable thing. And uh. one last note before we move on from him, um, he has another role in the MCU later on. He played the Cloak of Levitation in Doctor Strange. What? <laughs> he like the, the man is a master of movement. Like, I, see, if if you really want to see his stuff, watch the behind the scenes stuff of the Hobbit movies because he wow. led dwarf camp and taught them how to do it. And they show him, and he goes through each one. He says, like, this is how a, this is how an orc walks. This is how a goblin walks. This is how an elf walks. And he changes his entire physical body and like 
just by hunching over and, and just carrying the weight differently. And so he taught all the other actors how to do that. Like, here's how to, and he'd say he did the same thing with in the, in the Planet of the Apes movies. Why is he in this movie? Tim Roth. Because he was Tim Roth's motion capture guy from the Planet of the Apes movie that we don't talk about. Tim Burton's Uh-oh. Planet of the Apes movie. He was the one. He was an ape on that, and he taught him it's how the, to that's move. That's the Mark Wahlberg one, right? Yes, that's the Mark Wahlberg okay, one. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, what's with all these monkeys? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Okay, so I love this because you know when you think of the, when you think of motion capture, you think of Andy Circus, right? And and all all you know, great praise to Andy Circus. Oh yeah, absolutely. What a what a master of this. Yes. But he's not the only person right. who who knows his craft, yeah. right? So this right. is Andy awesome. Is good at acting. Yeah, and, and Terry Notary is the guy who just you know like says like okay, Andy Circus goes all right, you're a leopard, and then goes off to direct and is like what does that mean? And Terry Notary steps up and goes, let me show you how a leopard yeah. moves. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, so we cut. Anyways, yeah. So we go back back to the action. Um, so we have Bruce is in the overpass. All right. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the overpass in in 52 uh, because we get into a lot of it. But he's trying to get away. So he's going from essentially the library, which is on the left. And so he's right. running across the way. Now, there's a, there's a little bit of <laughs> cinematic magic going on here in that. We we get we we see where Ross and Betty are and where Bruce is and it's really far away and yet they seem to be following the action okay precisely. So I mentioned this like <laughs> there's a part of me now this shot that I'm talking about yeah. is gorgeous yeah because and this has some size, depth of field like because the... because I mean perfectly composed yes Ross is in the left third of the screen yeah Betty is in the right third yeah. in the middle is this beautiful. Yes, a manipulated shot of sure. the structures. We see the impending storm cloud coming in yep. because, once again, storms in the hull. This is why together. you hire Peter Menzies, Jr. But, right. But the one thing that I love, I do love about the shot, even though it's ridiculous, the crystal clear clarity of the structure, the pathway, and you can see Bruce Banner's figure clearly yes. running down the thing. Like, yeah. that's, that's impossible. That's a, yeah. That would not happen. No. No. But in terms of. I keep always saying this, telling the story. Mm -hmm. What a great establishing shot for the viewer. You see where everyone's, you know, oh, I see where this is going. Uh (laughs) And I think it is, it is a great shot. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yes. But yeah, Yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. It's just the the, the fact that they could actually follow the action uh, that closely. So yeah, he gets to one set of doors. There's a group of soldiers there. They close the door. They run, he runs back. The other one, the same soldiers are following there. They found him. They closed the doors. So now he is trapped in this overpass. Uh, so then um, Ross calls out, put two canisters in there. So these guys are using the DefTech 40 millimeter multi-launcher. Uh, we don't know exactly what the gas is, but it's some kind of knockout gas, right. we're assuming. Uh, they And so they fire two canisters, one each, uh, into there, and it breaks through the glass, uh, and that's where the minute ends. We don't know what exactly happened with that. Like, it's it just, you know, they basically like, here's some party favors. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> T-shirts! Pa-pa! Well, and once again, you get, you know, a really nice shot composition. That, that yeah. last moment is, okay, the set piece of this glass greenhouse bridge, yes. what, for lack of a better way to describe overpass. it. The overpass, the skyway, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Clearly a character in these this minute and the next few minutes. Yeah. So it's you know, it's that's why it's been well rendered and yep. it's in focus. It's clear. But I love the shot of you just see the contrails, the smoke contrails yeah. of the two canisters going yep. right up to it. There's Bruce, there's them. This is this is a soup that's going to explode. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> this can't end well. So, right. yeah. hey, but I gotta say, before we find out what happens in May Fifty Two, pretty good plan. 
Like, I oh, mean, yeah. for, I mean, Ross, like, like he had those guys ready. Like, he had gas canisters and stuff too. But at the same time, like, uh, if you use, if you, if you shoot the, you know, Bruce Banner with gas in a park, he just walks away from it. Like, you know, because, but you'd have to have a contained thing. So Ross sees an opportunity and goes, oh, now's the time we can use the gas. Like, so these guys were just like, eh, nobody's going to use us. We're, in, we're running through the university. And then all of a sudden, hey, <laughs> have we also, Steve, have, it's our big chance. We do, got, good thing we got our rocket, our uh, gas launchers. Now, should we also examine the lack of good planning on Bruce's part? <laughs> Had he not taken a moment to swallow a USB drive, yeah, he probably, probably would have gotten, gotten away. Yeah, <laughs> very true. But we do know there were soldiers on the other side of that thing. So even if he made it through, he would have run right into them. But eh, I don't know. But anyways, so at this point, Ross, not a bad plan. This is a good plan. Yeah, your daughter hates you, but whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna get your quarry. So hopefully you'll get your big green super soldiers. I'm sure everything will turn out fine for yeah, Ross. And, it's good. Uh, so join us back here for minute fifty two to find out what happens when those canisters get into the overpass. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to follow what's going on with us over next reel, you can do so on all the social media things. We are on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and by the time this airs, who knows what other social networks there might be. Uh, and you can follow all of the things that we're doing over at marvelmovieminute.com we thank you all for listening we will see you back here soon hope you had a smashing good time until next time true believers bye